Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. All right, folks, real quick before we get into the intro and all that stuff, I wanted to just make everybody aware because we got, it seems like a few new folks coming into the show here and uh, maybe for folks that have been listening for a while, I just wanted to call out that the Weird Hunt podcast broadcasts live every Tuesday, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we do that on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter to try to cover our bases. Uh, but it's an open phone line for Y'all to call into the show, it's 262-757-4122. And when you call into that line during that segment, you can participate. You can ask our guest questions. You can share stories. You can call in for commentary, etc. Um, also, additionally, you can just comment on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and we can field those questions there too. But uh, just for folks that don't know, we do a live broadcast. We have a phone number that you can call us up on during the live recording. And I just want to make sure everyone everyone is aware of that uh, before we get into it today. So I don't forget to mention it. All right, let's go. Where to hunt podcast. It's okay. Hi, I'm Dan Small, host of Outdoor Wisconsin, and I listen to Where to Hunt. Man, it's okay. I'm Kurt Geyer with Working Class Bowhunter. I listen to Where to Hunt podcast, and it's decent. It's it's all right. Hey, this is Bud Fisher with Catching Deers, and I think the Where to Hunt podcast is all right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast. The podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts, a.k.a. the OKS podcast in the Midwest. I'm Eric. And I'm Greg. What up, what up? Uh, real quick about the OKS Hunter. This is the OKS Hunter podcast studio. If you see our post from Instagram, it'll literally say OKS Hunter podcast studio. If you want to save 10% of their stuff, their swag, their hats, their shirts, whatever, um, you can enter in code W2HPODCAST for 10% off. Head on over to okayesthunter.com. Boom. That felt good. That was smooth. Almost as smooth as this whiskey over here I just took a sip of. I think if I could just, I look, I'm not an alcoholic by any stretch, but I feel like if I could have this during the workday, it would be a great day. I'm sure it would. You'd have a great nap after it too. <laughs> I'm not saying like ride the ride the wave hardcore. I'm just saying if I could have a couple of slips here and there, you know, when I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this or whatever, it would just be, be well, I'll just take a sip of this and that could back on the a, horse. It could lead to a problem though. <laughs> it would be a problem. No kidding. But that's why we like doing this podcast. We can do it. We're OFP. We we're own effing program. We can do what we want. That's right. Talking to the El Presidentes here. Right. Um, what else we got, Greg? How are you doing? All right. I got to produce some some extra podcasts this week. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, we just came back from Stevens Point you know, over at uh, Blackhawk 
Blackhawk Archers. Yep, Blackhawk Archers. Nice, in, nice little archery club up near Stevens Point. Yeah, just I think a little east of Stevens Point. I forget the specific yeah. town. Yep, but I mean right, right in there. Um, it was cool. It was a beautiful course. Yeah, had a lot of nice changes in terrain features. Uh, you were shooting uphill, downhill, uh, elevated, in a kind of like a tree stand setting or more like a box blind, but it was yep. pretty cool. It was good. It was a good confidence builder. Also flung some arrows the wrong way as the OKS hunters that we are. Right there with me on some of them. Yeah. Yep. I know you I one of your arrows hit the dirt. I chucked one in the dirt. I stuck a pine tree and an antler. <laughs> and dirt. And dirt. You got to cover my bases, you know. Yeah. You got to know where, you know, your failure points are so you can reel back in. You got to really test the limits of uh, your OKSness. Yeah. We did that. <laughs> We did, so that was good. Uh, and then came back home and tried to catch up, unpack all of this podcast gear. I'd never had packed it up before, so that was a new experience. And here we are. We're back at it now. Yeah. So I guess we got some ads. Uh, let's do this one. You're at work, in a tree stand, or simply waking up. It's important to be alert, and there's no better way to get there than with Backwoods Grind Coffee. Ground fresh for every order delivered straight to your door backwoods grind coffee take a look at your feet are you wearing gum leaf usa boots you said no you gotta reevaluate some things each pair is handmade and tested to take over a million flexes these boots will take just about anything you can throw at them Use promo code W2H2020 for 10% off your final purchase at gumleafusa.com. All right, so I, the, the, I know, I don't have a discount code in there. So you better like, <laughs> but it's okay, because then people are like, wait, what is it? Then someone you told me the other day. You better grab yourself and impersonate that voice and yeah, start slopping on. Slopping it on there. Uh, backwoodsgrind.com W2H podcast for 10% off. All right. You happy? I'm happy. Okay. It's good stuff. Lots great of beautiful stuff. notes of chocolate and Dish- deliciousness. And, yeah, it's great. Uh, and you got the Vector Custom Shop. Yeah, we still don't we have anything the, canned we for that. Flung, well, I don't know. I don't know if I like a canned. All right. We should fine. go back and forth. But I, I flung some of those this weekend. Yeah. So if you're looking to fling some new arrows, custom built to your specification, Look no further than Vector Custom Shop. Uh, head on over to VectorCustomShop.com. Uh, you can do a test pack of two arrows built however you want, uh, different spines, different weights, and see which one flies best for you. And then after you figure out what you want, uh, you can order up a half dozen or a dozen from VectorCustomShop.com. And when you're going to check out, Enter code where to hunt, and that'll save you ten percent off anything off of VectorCustomShop.com's website. They're everywhere. I mean, Jake Bush is using them. Sam Solt uses them. Zach Farinbaugh is using them. Who else that we know of? Bomar Tonic. Okay. East meets West podcast. A lot of people are using them. Yeah, there's there's more and more. So there's probably more than that. that, Great product, and they stand behind it, and they they take care of their customers well. It's a thick-walled micro shaft. Yeah, I don't. There might be one other on the market like theirs, but I can't. Uh, there's probably a few. There's some bigger, bigger companies that just came out with some stuff this year. So, um, but I don't know. I really like these arrows. I'm, I'm very 
happy with them. I've built three different sets now, different weights, and I like to tinker. So that's what I've been doing. Tinkerbell Greg. All right. Don't, don't put that bell crap on the end. Tinkerbell Greg. Sad. So uh, on the line with us, we were going to have um, Cody and Ryan, a.k.a. Homie, from White's Legacy Podcast. Uh, Cody got stuck at work, so we got Ryan, a.k.a. Homie. What's up, dude? What's up, homie? What's going on, man? We're just chilling over here. I'm drinking some whiskey, and uh, you're drinking a PBR over there, Greg. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you crack a beer? I know you just walked in the door over there. No, I haven't yet. I'm getting kind of hydrated from my day at work, so uh going to have a couple before bed, though. There you go. Yeah, I suppose you probably need to put something real in your system after hard day of work. Do you guys work? Do you guys work on the railroad? Is that? Am I right about that? Yeah, um, we worked there since March of 2014. Um, that's our gig, and um, it takes up a lot of time, man. You don't know, just like tonight, you don't know what time you're going to get off. And um, some days are easy, but most days are hard, and uh, it's a grind, man. Physical labor, huh? I mean, and you just got to work till like you get to a certain point. Like, what constitutes the workday ending? Well, today, like we had a we had a bigger project. Um, we put in a new switch to go from one track to the next track, and um, it, that's about as big of a deal as as it gets. Um, but mostly, um, especially with this year, everything being all jacked up, we uh, we've kind of had more time off. At least I have, and it kind of also depends on your position. Um, sometimes I'm track inspecting. Sometimes I'm welding. Um, sometimes I'm in charge of three to four guys and, uh, we're out repairing the track. So, um, you get to move around if you have enough seniority and, uh, you're not just stuck doing the same thing every day, which is something that I really like about it. Nice. Is that how you guys met was on the, on the job or do you guys know each other before that? Uh, so I was at the hiring event and, um, Cody walks in and, you know, there's like 52 guys, one of the biggest hiring class that um, our company had ever had at that point. And I just kind of wore my camo hat in, you know, not being fancy or anything. And uh, Cody's trying to find a place to sit. And he's like, oh, shit, I see a guy with a camo hat on. It's probably a pretty solid dude. So uh, luckily enough, there was a chair open next to me. And uh, he pulled up a chair and we just kind of started shooting the shit. And um, next thing you know, like, we go home that weekend after the first week of class and um, you know, we already knew that each other liked hunting and you know um, everything. And I'm taking them the back roads to get back home because in between where we live and where the hiring event was, um, was my hunting ground. So I'd kind of, you know, been patrolling the back roads there for quite a few years and I was taking them around and uh, you know, showing them some stuff. And we ended up seeing, you know, a couple groups of, you know, 30 to 40 deer and, um, actually at the end of the three weeks of training, I invited him out to, uh, my place to come shed hunting. Cause Cody is just an absolute shed hunting fanatic. And, uh, he, he scoops one off, off the piece and I, I come up empty handed. So, um, he's definitely got an eye for that. And the rest is history. So let's, let's back up a little yeah. bit. I ju- I jumped ahead, uh, just based on where we're at, but Tell us about the Whitetail Legacy podcast. You know, for our audience that may haven't uh, discovered you guys just yet, you're making waves. And, you know, I know a little bit more about your approach, and I I love it. Um, You're one of the few other hunting podcasts that I will listen to 
uh, and thoroughly enjoy. So tell us a little bit about, you know, the why and the how and the what you guys got going on. I appreciate you saying that, Eric. And uh, I think by making ways, what you mean is, you know, we're just sending it off the deep end. Um, we don't really have a script or anything, but um, one of our main goals is to just have normal guys on. You know, we had you on, and, um, you know, it's just normal guys like me and Cody. And, you know, you can just, we just want guys on there that you can literally meet at a convention or something and you know next thing you know you've been talking to a stranger for 30 minutes about deer hunting and uh that was just kind of our main focus and uh that's something that we really wanted and it's kind of blossomed into uh the show we have now and trust me at the beginning you know we thought it was going to be a lot easier to you know carry a show and and you know listening to a podcast you you think like oh that's not that hard but um, when you get in there and you're in the moment and you know, you're the lights on and you're trying to fill out the show, like it takes a while to get a groove. And, you know, when we were at like 40 some episodes, you would think, okay, yeah, that sounded pretty good. And then you'd get to 65 or 70 and you're like, man, them 40 ones are trash. And then you're at 85 and you're like, man, 63 was trash. You know, it's, uh, kind of going phases. You're right. Better in the moment. Yep. Oh, and you're, you're growing and, as uh, you go. Trying to get better. Hey, what's the yeah, saying? You're fixing uh, the plane you as know, you fly it, right? <laughs> what's that? I think the saying is you fix the plane as you fly it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, and it just comes with time and, and doing it. And uh, we've got some really great followers and people that tune in each week and give us some feedback about what they like and some ideas of what they want to hear. So um, we greatly appreciate that and we welcome that. And, um, that's just kind of where we're at now with the legacy. I love it. I love it. So you guys met at a, at a job fair, getting, getting put on the railroad and then decided to, to spin up a podcast together. Who's like the technical, are you guys both technical? Cause it's not like, it's a lot easier these days than maybe it was, you know, a decade ago. Um, but are you guys navigating that part pretty well yeah. too? Um, in the beginning, uh, it was, it was very rough. Like it took us, you know, probably an hour to get set up in garage band. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't, doesn't help when you're half lit trying to figure it out for the, you know, like the third time and you're like, man, we had it one time. And, um, you know, it's been a lot of fun just going through the growing pains with Cody. Cause you know, he's such a positive guy and, um, that's really rubbed off on me. And it's just, you know, once you get something figured out, then, you know, like, okay, we got through that hurdle. And then Cody's always thinking of different things to do and try. And um, it seems like whenever we get a groove, it'd be like two months, then boom, you know, he wants to try something else, which is good. Um, we always like a good challenge. But um, as far as like the technical side goes, I've always kind of had like a little edge for technology and computers and, you know, tinker with stuff like that. Um, but just going into like make, making a show, it was something that I never really done and, you know, trying to make cover art and downloading different apps and stuff. Um, so that's kind of, uh, who's, who's leading the technical side of the podcast, I guess. But if you want to get technical about deer hunting, Cody's the guy, he's got that covered and I leave all that up to him. Yeah. He, some of his photos, uh, I think the one we shared this morning too, I was just browsing through his stuff. I was like looking at both your stuff and, and, you know, the ones on the site that 
the pixelation was too much. So I didn't use those ones, but I was like, man, these are some, these are some thick, thick paint beams. These are some big racks, man. I, I was like, holy, holy crap. He's like out of us two. That's the Greg in the room. Uh, you know, at least compared to me, you know, uh, if I move my head back for those watching, you can see my dinky little seven pointer. If you look far off on the table, you can see my dinky six pointer. And if you look at the other spot, you see a two pointer. <laughs> that's why I'm like the okay center of the podcast. So I'm definitely, uh, not the, the big buck slayer. Uh, certainly put in enough effort and try. I just come up short most times of the year. I, uh, I don't know. It is what it is. We're learning and trying to put in more time and make smarter use of our time outdoors. But I think you guys, you know, like what you had mentioned earlier about talking to the everyday hunter, the guy that you can be at a trade show and talk to you for 45 minutes without realizing that time had gone by. That's what's noticeable. I almost wonder, like, that's got to be the most, like, the most heavy lifting insofar as doing the work to find those people because they're not known. You kind of got to dig. How do you guys, without giving away your secret self, and maybe you don't have to answer me, but like, how do you do that? Uh, it, just like you said, man, it's putting in the time. Cody does a lot of that. Um, and, you know, it's really a, a props to him for being able to do that because, um, you know, I try to, I'll try to, you know, fill in the gaps when needed, but Cody mostly handles the scheduling and the guests and I'm you know, handling the actual uploading and, you know, the title, the description, um, everything of that sort. And Cody's out there putting in his time and searching deep in the hashtags or, you know, uh, looking at YouTube videos or channels and uh, seeing somebody that piques his interest of, you know, somebody who knows what they're doing half the time we don't. But uh, we just try to have somebody on there who we feel like can bring the value to the audience, and um, it just takes a lot of time. I know, I know it takes a lot of time because I'm I've tried it some, and Cody always just seems to find that golden nugget, man. It is. It's a lot of back and forth. It's like you gotta you gotta you know engage with someone and they're a complete stranger. Hey, do you want to be on this podcast? It's they may or may not get back to you. If they do, then it's like what works for you. You gotta schedule it. It's just it's. It's a rigmarole, uh, and then you finally land it. Then you got to record it. Then you got to produce it. Then you got up. I mean, you just mentioned all the stuff. So you guys got a good system going for yourselves. And you guys have a whole other component to the show, um, the Legend of the Woods. Tell me about that. Um, so you know, obviously, um, the industry is filled with you know advertising of big deer, and um, social media is filled with the giant bucks and. Um, I'm glad to see you guys are coming around with the OKS hunters slipping in there, showing off the back to racks and the spike bucks because there's definitely a place for that. Yep, yep. But um, the Legends of the Woods is a uh, kind of a sub series of the main show, it, if you want to call it that. Um, we have 23 or 24 of them out right now, and um, they are once in a lifetime caliber deer. Um, whether that's you know a 160 inch in Michigan or you know a 203 or we even had a 230 come out of Ohio on there and um this was this is another one of Cody's ideas he's like man what if we just had episodes and the guy just came on and told his deer story but it was like a absolute mega giant and I was like yeah you know that that's a great idea and it's just you got to go out there and find them guys and then you got to reach out and you know everything that you already said but um Legend of the Wood series is definitely something that people 
like to hear. Um, it's not just, you know, totally tactic driven or anything like that. You know, we do ask questions of like, you know, what do you think was the main thing that helps you seal the deal and this and that just because there might be some odd oddball stuff and, and there has been, but um, you know, most of the time it's people just putting their ass in a seat and hunting. And um, one thing that I've noticed about these legends of the wood series is these guys, these hunters are seeing these, once in a lifetime deer, you know, on multiple occasions. And that's just something that um, Cody and I haven't been able to do very many times is, you know, see a buck two or three times and then really make a move. Most of us, most of the time that we're making a move, it's off of uh, trail camera data or, you know, something like that, a wind shift. So um, it's, it's cool to hear these stories and these people getting to film and see these absolute monster deer multiple times and um we had one deer come out of illinois and the guy i don't know how far the deer was when he shot but um he had missed on his first shot and he had hit that deer right in the antler and you know he's like oh man you know he's a shot and then next thing you know he the deer bumps out about 12 more yards and he's he smokes him so um there's some some great stories in that you know mini series and uh the the audience just seems to really enjoy them it's it's stories are powerful they're engaging it's how we process a lot of the information that comes at us it's you know we do we do a segment similar and we'll ask you at the end of this your most memorable hunt it's nothing it's not it's very uh it's similar to what you guys are doing but it's different right because it's not you know this the slob of a buck where it's that once a lifetime which is a great concept uh, ours is a bit different. It's just people, you know, maybe it's like their kid finally got one or, or whatever the memory is. And then we, we film score it. So we got a guy that like helps put some production behind the audio content with like sound effects and yeah. cinematic undertones and stuff. Uh, try to bring it to life a little bit for people, but it, there's not, there's, there's not too many folks surprisingly doing, you know, story-based shows. I think the hunt series, the hunt, I forget what they're called. I think they're just called the oh, the Rise Hunt. They just started doing something like that, memorable hunts. Um, I think between the three of us, we're the only ones that I'm aware of. Yeah, shout out to the Rise too, man. Those are some great guys. Um, we've been able to meet up with them uh, the last couple of years at ATA, and uh, just a great group of guys. And they they're actually uh, one of the few teams also that are putting out weekly or biweekly content throughout the season. So you get to see their season unfold um, as, as you go through your deer season. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, the other guys that are doing that with the hunting public, right. Where they, I mean, they're launching it from tents and shit. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's really cool when you can see what's going on the season you're hunting in rather than looking a year back, you know, like the, the white tail adrenaline guys, you buy their DVD in fall and it's from last year, which is super cool. Cause it's all jacked up, but it's really cool when you yeah. can follow along in season and then you can look at the years past and follow the same trajectory and you can still get good nuggets there too. But things are just better when they're fresh sometimes, unless it's a bottle of scotch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. <laughs> uh, Cody and I bounced the idea back and forth this year of trying a, uh, we did a blog last year of our public land journal and it was just kind of recapping each week of us hunting on public land and uh, kind of what we've seen and kind of where we sat and um, what we were going in there intended to do, whether it was just kind of more of an observation sit to 
um, you know, X that area out, or if it was to go in there and scout and set up, or, you know, we had a trail camera in the area or, you know, something along those lines. And, uh, we, we wrote it out into written form. And this year we were thinking about maybe trying it through video form, just so we, um, it forces us to film more. Yeah. Filming is a lot of work. There's a lot that goes into that. That's one of the things why, you know, we're doing this podcast stuff. We're just going all in on podcast. I think we would love to do video and maybe we'll, maybe we'll tinker around with it. But some of the guys that are all in on video, the the difference is pretty drastic. You know, if you're just, if you're just kind of tinkering with it, it's not the same as if you're all in like the hunting public or chase nations, another good example, or the, the rise hunt. Like those, some of these guys are doing a really good job with that stuff. Cause that's their primary focus, you know, but th- some yeah, of the guys, they, they say, can, um, they can turn out pretty well. Yes, they can. And, um, I would say, uh, last breath TV, they, they're primarily video and they've started a, a podcast and they actually call it a hunt cast. And, um, so, you know, they got their, their hands full with that. Cause, um, Cody and I are doing the podcast, you know, firsthand and then we have some video stuff on the side and um it's it's it is very different but um it's also fun to see when you're packing in your camera gear for the 68th time that year and you just don't want to take it but you know you just never know what you're going to see out there or encounter and once you get one good clip that just kind of keeps the drive going and then um, last year was kind of our first year of putting a production together and we put out some videos and, um, we did the same thing this year. And when you really see a video fully encompassed and all, all that it took and all that nobody else sees, um, it's a, it's a different feeling than just producing a podcast. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on. I mean, the different, like I, I went to college for some of that stuff for web media production and I got pretty deep into it for half a minute and professionally. And because I know how much work that goes into it, it kind of keeps me an arm's length away from it. Like, eh, I don't really want to dive into that because it's a, it's a rabbit hole. I wish I could hire someone to just follow us around with a camera <laughs> and then do the work. I yeah, that would, that would be nice. Just put a GoPro on a gimbal and let's rip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You just follow me around. You do the come into our studio every now and again. Come with us in the woods, and and you do your thing, and we'll do ours. But uh, so actually, in the comments, uh, Lance Brown said he doesn't have a good reception to call, but he wanted to ask a question in the comments. So I just want to tell me sure he sure can. Uh, in fact, anybody like the phone lines are hot. It's open. If you want to give a call in two six two seven five seven forty one twenty two. For those that don't know, this is a live broadcast call in show. So if you want to call in, feel free. Otherwise, uh, you can always comment too. Um, so what are you guys doing for this season? Like from a hunting standpoint, uh, what types of things are you doing to prep? What type of gear are you getting together? You know, do you guys have some go-tos favorites, um, things that you're maybe not going to do from last year, et cetera? Um, so this year, our primary focus, and if anybody that's listening is listening to our show, um, this year, we've kind of been a big proponent on just being more aggressive. And by being aggressive, you know, it's not just setting up on the edge of what you think is, is the stuff. It's actually going in and um, crashing in there and not being scared to bump the deer. Cody and I have always kind of hunted small parcels. So, you know, if you bump a deer, like obviously that deer is probably going to leave. But, um, you know, with, with a couple of these public lands 
spots that we get a hunt, I mean, they're very large, you know, hundreds and thousands of acres. So um, we're still getting adapted to having that room and to be able to chase the deer. And uh, we're not fully accustomed to uh, having other hunters, you know, out there interfering with not interfering but you know out there amongst us and you know if if we aren't messing up the deer and learning from that experience of you know seeing him in his bed and getting out um you know somebody else could do the same thing and learn from that and then end up being successful and you know here we are just standing by the road seeing everybody else drag a deer out so first thing off the get-go is we're just going to try to be more aggressive um we have a couple plans to be hunting off the ground and uh we we actually hung a trail camera in a spot and uh we were just sitting there kind of you know about 30 yards from it where we were gonna hunt and just kind of envisioning how it's gonna play out and i mean it was it's pretty cool and um that's something that i've never really done is hunted deer off the ground so um we had a couple chances to do it last year it's just we ended up getting scared and um didn't do it so um that's kind of our main focus going into this year as far as the prep goes this year homie real real quick i think i just i'm i this is not it's an intentional interruption i'm sorry but i think i just realized cody's been in here for 19 minutes and i just unmuted him so cody if you're here (laughs) you're in i'm not sure if he's still there or not all right before we bring cody into the mix uh let's take a quick break for the shot of the week The shot of the week is brought to you by Vector Custom Shop. Head on over to VectorCustomShop.com. Enter in code WHERE. The number two, the word HUNT, for 10% off. Look, if you haven't heard about Vector Custom Shop, you're, uh, you, I don't know, maybe you're living under a rock or you haven't been listening to our podcast long enough because Greg already did a big shout-out for them in the beginning of the episode. But just as a reminder, they build arrows to your specifications. These are a thick-walled micro-diameter arrow that come outfitted with an ethics insert and outsert system based on your draw length, your draw weight, your hunting style, and game of choice. And uh, then they drop ship it right to your door, all set to go. You can buy two arrows as a test pack, get them dialed in, make sure it's what you want. And when it is, then you can go back and buy a half a dozen or a full dozen and be set for this season. And let me tell you, I shot a ton of their arrows um, over the last few weeks and especially this weekend and uh, you won't be disappointed all right let's hear our shot of the week this week from a good friend of mine who uh had his first experience gun hunting all right so my first time hunting i had uh no gear eric ended up loaning me everything that i needed Uh, i remember going out in the morning and uh throwing in a huge chew of grizzly wintergreen about an hour of sitting there, I realized that I had to go poop real bad. So uh, Eric happened to give me a onesie. So I had to strip like all the way down and lean up against a tree and and go. And uh, as I was walking back, I, I saw, you know, a, bit, a seven point buck, you know, across the, across the ridge. And uh, I took a knee and I shot it right there. And the funny thing is, is, is after, I had no idea what to do, and Eric actually had to gut the deer because I was going too slow. So <laughs> that's how, my first. How far buck. was the shot? 
it was probably about 100 yards it was across the across the whole ridge 100 150 yards somewhere around there straight through the heart straight through the heart first time ever first time hunting and within first couple hours of hunting so super lucky first buck story love hearing the first hunting experience story that was with a gun across a ridge greg's a uh he's a sniper man that guy's a freaking killer with a rifle it's awesome anyway let's get back into our uh, episode with the white tail legacy guys and now that cody's here uh buckle up no i'm just kidding but it's good uh let's go yeah i'm here oh I'm jesus here. i'm sorry dude i didn't realize you were sitting there that long i was like focused on the facebook side oh, and <laughs> i was just listening in man it's good Good going. I'm the worst podcaster worst ever. Podcast. I guess I'm the okayest podcaster too. Jesus, guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> we are. We already took that spot, so you can't <laughs> feel that. So. Right. Yeah, I had a second here to step away from work, uh, just about 100 yards from the tracks here. Uh, huge apologies to you guys. I know we had this set up a long time, and most of the time, I'm on a job where I don't work this late. But this job, I've been working this late a lot, so just. Uh, Apologies to you guys for saying that I'd be there and I'm not. That's not the guy that I am. I try to make sure that that's, you know, if I say I'm going to do something, I try to nail it down. So It's all good. It is all good. We're happy you're here. Better yeah, late than never, man. We won't judge. Yeah. Yeah, home is solid. He, he could carry this by himself. He's no been. Problem. Yeah, he's like, man, I, I, don't, no, I don't need you. <laughs> yeah, I had, no, I had no fear. I told homie, I said, you're just going to have to rail. You're just going to have to run it, man. So, and he said, all right. So, uh, I got no fear with that. He, uh, and you know, going back to when you guys talked about who, who carries the podcast, homie carries the podcast guys on the technical side. I'm not homie does a lot of that stuff, but pretty much all of it. You know what I mean? And he's, he's rock solid. I, he's just modest. If I didn't have homie, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have a podcast because it would just be too much. You know what I mean? So a lot of work. Hey, you know, one of the questions that came through, we'll see which one of you guys wants to answer this here. Uh, Lance just asked in the comments, he said, whether it's a terrain feature, uh, as in funnels, ridges, edges, etc., or deer signs, scrapes, rubs, etc., what do you think has produced the most success? And by success, I mean kills or mature buck sightings. Uh, I, I can take it. For us, the most success we have seen is we don't hunt a lot of sign. Um, early October, we're running off trail cameras, and then during the rut, we're hunting doe bedding. Doe bedding's our bread and butter. I think Comey would agree with me. Um, that's our go-to. Um, a lot of people think it's weird that we target does on camera. Like if we have a camera that's just loaded with does all year, uh, I get pretty jacked about it. You know what I mean? And uh, we picked up a new piece this year, and there's one camera where it's I haven't had a buck on all year. It's just does 30 a day, you know, 30 pictures of does a day. And uh, I know exactly where what I'm going to be doing when I get a weird east wind during the rut. I'm going to be right there, you know what I mean? So um, that's what I would say. Uh, what do you got, homie? Oh, yeah, I was, I was going to say exactly just about that. You know, it's, um, we, we run some cameras on some sign. And, um, but really it's just them terrain features, whether it's water or, um, you know, a hillside, them deer walking just off the top of that ridge. Um, that's something that I've keyed in on and, and had great success with. That's interesting. I had asked, I think I asked Greg this question like a couple of weeks ago when we were jamming up by ourselves and, 
I've always said the thumb. I think my dad has told me this. He's like, well, if the does are there, especially during the rut, like then the bucks will come kind of thing. And I just, I don't know what I don't know. And I'm really inquisitive and curious and I like to ask good questions. And that's one that I don't fully, I don't understand, you know, the holistic full big picture sometimes. And that's an area that I always kind of thought, well, what's uh, where's the truth in this and how do you kind of approach it? That's a great question, Lance. And uh, your guys' answer is interesting because I haven't heard a lot of folks talk about it that way. And that's your bread and butter. That's yeah, different think, than what I'm hearing elsewhere. I would say you, you hear a lot of guys, you know, preach the sign and, um, you know, going in and scouting and looking for it and setting up, you know, short of it or whatever way the wind is. And, um, you know, that's something Cody and I are still trying to learn. There's people that are deadly um, killing over it and uh, they know how to scout it and they know how to hunt it. And it's just something that um, we've tried and just we just haven't punched a tag on it. Um, but one thing that I do key in on as far as sign goes is, you know, when the bucks are starting to hit them scrapes from mid to late October, I will key in on a scrape after a medium to light rain. Um, if that buck's been in the area within the last few days, um, for him to come back and hit that scrape again after that rain stops for him to refresh in that. So that's something that I've keyed in on and have also seen on trail camera. So keen into weather. You got a thought on that, Greg? You look like you want to say something. You look like you want to punch me in the face right now. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you know what? Why don't you do it? <laughs> we watched Step Brothers twice in a row uh, at the hotel over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> oh, gee. No, I mean, I've had experience seeing good buck movement around doe bedding areas when I hunted one particular piece of property. Um it was like a revolving door watching these bucks come cruise through this one spot. But the nicest buck I've killed so far has been me finding fresh sign, multiple fresh freshened up scrapes, trees that are all rubbed up with, with sap actually running out of them because it was so fresh. I had another idea in mind to, to hunt another area. I was walking right through here, and I'm like, nah, I don't think so. I think I'm not going to pass up on this, and that's when I decided to hang hang and hunt, hope for the best, and it, it paid off. Nice. It was outside of – there's doe bedding in that area, and there's also buck bedding in some of that area too. There's so many different approaches. Like yeah. you and I last year, we tackled a piece that I've hunted, and uh, we just – we just uh, went after a real tiny slice in the corner of the property that was, uh, I think, by and large, overlooked. Well, nobody was using it. I think my, my dad said he had the same thing. He hunted for gun. During gun season, they could sit up on the ridge and hunt that whole area down. But during bow, no one was getting into it like we were. And, uh, you know, we saw some great sign. You had ears on some, some chasing activity. Yep. And I had eyes on a doe, and nothing ever else came through. I thought maybe a buck would be following her or something. But... Uh, you know, so there's like overlooked areas, there's doe bedding, there's hunt the sign, there's hunt, <laughs> what we did, hunt the turd. Yep. I thought that was kind of funny, uh, but a, a fairly serious thing to consider, I guess, if it's a big fucking turd. You got to go in there with both eyes open and and have, be open to anything that, that could happen. Hunt what's kind of given to you. So if you have the inkling that the sign that you're seeing is truly good stuff, you should hunt it. But then again, if you have a stronger feeling of confidence to hunt a doe bedding area, then you're going to hunt that. It, it all goes in time of year too, you know. If it's if it's the rut, 
you're definitely looking for doe bedding and where does are and expecting somebody to come cruising through. Yep. Sniff those out and check them. Yep. Right. Great question. I have a, I've, I've killed good bucks off of sign off of bedding. I killed one. I got him on one seventy yards from bedding killed him October 15th. I've uh, killed one coming into scrapes, but for me, we focus our two weeks or whatever we have for vacation during the rut. So that's where we're putting, you know, the, 15 days of all day sits nonstop hunting. So we're focusing of course on doe bedding, but I'm not going to walk past fire hot sign in October for position B, you know, or position A. And when I'm not going to just walk past that, when I could hunt that right there. Um, but what I have seen throughout the years is during that time in that doe bedding is when we see the biggest deer, like when we see the absolute mega giants, that's when we're seeing them. We're not seeing them in October. They're not breaking daylight on camps in October. Of course, they're daylighting somewhere, and that's what we're trying to fix this year. We're trying to get in there and figure out where these deer are daylighting in October or if they are at all. But I'm I'm sure Homie can back me up. Consistently, since we've been hunting, doe bedding is where we see the biggest bucks in daylight. And where where are you guys out of again? I forget. Is it What state are you guys in? We're just on the west central part of Illinois. Oh, yeah. You guys aren't far at all. I mean, it's pretty similar then. When does the Illinois season open up for bow? October 1st. Well, that's... Wow. So even though we're so close, ours opens up at September 12th this year. So we got a couple weeks ahead of you guys to get out there and suffer in the heat and mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still green. Everything's just hot. Ugh. My daughter's birthday on the 12th. I won't be out that day. It's like the best possible excuse for me. (laughs) Well, all right. So Ryan, homie, I interrupted you to bring, to bring Cody on. I don't know if you remember. I don't remember where you're going. Uh, I lost my bookmark in my mind. Uh, You had asked what, um, what we we're going to change about going into the season. And I was talking about us wanting to be more aggressive and um, not being scared to run into a buck and uh, set up and hunt. So I've been running, I don't, I don't know if you guys heard, but we've been doing this thing called tactic talk with 50 minute, like quick episodes. We've been talking to folks that are perceivably getting it done, putting big deer down around the country. And we've been really been focusing just right now on, early season tactics. And there's a common thread. Well, two that I've heard and you know, I'm not one of the guys getting it done myself yet, but paying attention to hunting pressure and avoiding it is one big one. And then the other, um, is early season. And I'm surprised to hear how many of these guys that are getting big deer on the ground are focused almost exclusively on the early season. And it sounds like it's because of the grace that they're given through like being aggressive where you can bump, bump, bump these bucks. And it's okay because they're still right kind of on a pattern. They haven't been pressured and you have a larger margin of error to kind of mess around and come back and still capitalize. Have you guys heard stuff like that from like, um, you know, guests on your show or what you guys have been up to? Yeah, we, we know a handful of guys who, you know, we, we got a guy who lives in Tennessee right now. 
Um, they're getting ready to kick off this weekend. Uh, got a guy in Kentucky. Um, they're kicking off uh, shortly after the beginning of September. And, um, you know, their summer scouting and prep and everything, um, the value that they can put on that information is way different than the value we can put on a buck and velvet um, just because they get to hunt so much earlier and, and them deer are still on them patterns. For us, you know, when that September 12th comes by and, you know, 75% of the deer are probably shed, um, a whole lot changes. Like you're almost just wiping the slate clean damn near and um, kind of starting over. And then that's when we kind of start putting the emphasis back on last year's trail camera data and, you know, just past hunting experience to uh, know where to hunt or kind of where this deer is going to go and, you know, if and when he shows back up. What about you, Cody? Yeah, I think, you know, if, if our season started earlier, our, I think our whole game would be a little different. Um, we put in a ton of work, um, but we're, we're hanging cams right now for picks in October, picks in November. Um, you know, we would be way more apt to, to really run cams on field edges. Um, you know, we got one on one acorn flat, you know what I mean? But it, we're thinking of hunting it you know, cold front October, we're not thinking of hunting it, you know, you know, September this weekend. Um, I know a lot of people probably say that they'd have bucks down, but, um, I mean, if, if I could hunt next weekend, I would, I could have killed this one buck about seven times. He's in the same field daylight and over and over and over. And then we hunt him all season and don't even see him, you know, and I'm glassing him seven days straight. We had a buck called sunshine early season. He daylighted like 18 days straight, didn't he, homie? Yeah. Yeah, Within I mean, early season. Yeah, 18 days straight on a mobile cam, daylighted, daylight, 18 days straight. You know, and that's we can do nothing. Homie ended up killing that deer in October um, on our food plot, but uh, that we knew he was in the area, but uh, we knew he was using that bedding area early, but without – you know, without being able to go out there and get after them, the intel's kind of null and void for us. But the guys that can are super successful, you know. Everybody that traveled down there to that velvet season, a ton of them are killing those bucks. And they're just going down there on a weekend and hunting some bean fields, you know, and, and getting lucky and killing these deer. So it would be a it would be a cool trip, um, and it would we would definitely have to learn a ton because that's just a – there's a void in our game right there something serious because it's something that we don't do seems like you know that's a oh man there's just so much we could freaking talk about you know the guys that are just so one of my one of my um, bosses probably <laughs> one of the crazier people i know but also one of the smartest and uh hardest pressing people that force you out of your comfort zone in every aspect of life to make you do more i remember when i got hired at this company and i'll make i'll come full circle with this so it makes sense you know, he's like, well, our onboarding for new employees is, you know, whatever, a probationary period is three months. But you can, if you work, you know, 16 hours a day, you can hit that three months and half the time, right? And if you're putting in all that time, you're learning more too. So it's doubly compounding. You're covering that ground faster. You're putting in more time, more work. You're learning more a lot quicker and you're putting yourself in a stronger position for success. So some of these guys that and gals that are doing like out of state hunts and just hunting the whole entire season 
where they're getting the early season and they're learning those tactics from different terrain, different areas, and then they're coming back to their home state, hunting the mid-season, and so on and so forth. Like, think about how much they're learning and what their arsenal looks like from a knowledge standpoint for tooling and different tactics and tricks that they can do because of what they've learned. They're just getting much, they're getting more, uh, so much quicker because they're putting more in. Uh, the other quote is a Gary V. One of his employees asked him on like an Ask Gary V a long time ago. I'll never forget this. Gary, you have like double the life than everybody else. You know, you have more stuff, more da 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 da. He goes, look, motherfucker, <laughs> I work... <laughs> I work 16 hours a day. You work eight. I should have double the life. I'm putting in more. I'm getting it quicker. Like, you know, that's fine. You put in your eight. No complaints. But if I put in 16, I'm going to get there faster. I'm going to learn more along the way. It's um, this kind of mixture between grind and luck. The harder you grind, the luckier, the luckier you get. So I'm very interested in this concept of doing more with your season. But I'm raising a family and working a job and doing this and doing that. So it's hard. <laughs> Amen to that. But doing the podcast, you, yeah, you talk to people, think, you pick things up, you learn. You can actually become quite quite a bit of a smarter hunter, but you got to put things in practice to learn for yourself. Yeah, that's for sure. I don't know. I think this is like the third time I've said this on a podcast, but if you put me and homie early season somewhere or in Ohio and big hill country or big woods, a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, I could kill for sure. I don't think we could. We would need a year or two to learn what the deer are doing in that area. Um, people ask why we don't hunt out, out of state a lot. And we went to Missouri last year, but that was just kind of a family trip, you know, to see, visit my grandparents. But uh, there, we just we're chasing so such big deer in Illinois and we're hunting together. So homies really, ha- really has to kill four bucks. And I really have to kill four bucks. We have to get on four bucks to, to tag out in Illinois together as a team. So, you got to think of how many opportunities you got to have to get four bucks in your state. And we only get two weeks of vacation right now. So maybe when we get more vacation, you know, we might be able to venture out. But I honestly think if we loaded up and went to Kentucky, we wouldn't kill. We would just, we would have no idea. We could put in a hell of an effort and try, but I don't think we could get it done just right off the rip. Cause like you just said, we don't have that experience. You know, we don't have that. It's a third year down there and we encountered some bucks and, you know, we've seen this as a hot feed field and, you know, all that compiled up to be able to be successful. And, I've, you know, a lot of people are starting hunting and they're wondering why they're not successful or wondering why they're not seeing these big deer. And it's just experience and you see one do something and then you got to think, well, why did he do that? What's he, what's he doing? Why is he here? And like I said, we do that with doe pictures. We do that with small buck pictures. We do, I mean, and when you start doing that with everything, then it stuff starts clicking and when it clicks for us it's like man we're dumbasses he was here all year uh, but, you know yeah, I mean? yeah hindsight's always 2020 man you learn something like this old time <laughs> if i would have known this two years ago i would have totally nailed it you know that's how it works yeah i mean we've got a plan up. go ahead go, <laughs> i say we've got a plan this year to where it was kind of that light bulb moment last year and this year we're going to put that to the test and hopefully be a step ahead and, and uh, have have the upper hand and hopefully it works out for us. You've got to fill your bag with your light bulbs from the previous season. That's what I've been doing. It's been getting me closer and closer. Whatever light bulbs you got from last season, put them in your bag, use them this year, and you'll just keep collecting them. And eventually, I mean, you start to get there. I mean, at least that's my perspective. And, you know, I know there's guys that probably have had these moments a lot sooner on in their, you know, hunting career or whatever, but... 
It's exciting, man. You know, the guy, uh, Lance, had asked the question. He talked about, like, success is either kills or mature buck sightings. For me, success is mature buck sightings just as much as it is kills. I, like, I get pretty jacked to at least know that I'm on the right the right track here, especially on public land, you know, where you see 20 other guys. If I'm the only guy seeing mature bucks. I'm like, okay, well, that's the hardest part of the battle. The other part's just fine-tuning like a golf swing, you know? If you can get it on the green the first couple swings, you're in good shape. You're better than most. Now you just got to learn how to putt. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a hole in our game. If you want to get close to a giant, an absolute giant, and not kill them, we're your guys. We can get you there, but that, that last 20 yards, man, is, is what we struggle on. You know, we're always right on that fringe. And every year since we started hunting, I don't think we've had a, a, a smaller buck encounter than a 170 or better. Jeez. Um, but that's it. you got to risk it all to get those big ones, too. You know, you're not settling anymore. It's totally different. Yeah, that's that's what we're doing this year. We're, we're, we're putting... We're, I don't think we've ever been more prepared for season than we have this year. Um, just the amount of work, cameras, knowledge from last year, running trail cameras all year, looking at the intel, light bulb after light bulb going off. And um, we're just getting better as hunters with the podcast. You know, we, we talk to all these guys and they say something. And then just like the other day, homie said something like, man, we probably should just hang a stand there instead of going in there and hanging and hunting every time because we're probably bumping that deer because we're so close to his bedding. And as a light bulb moment, like, yeah, you're probably right. You know, he was there on cam, but we never seen him hunting. But to get in that area is so hard if we had one hung there already. Uh, you know, and, and having a guy, you know, having a crew that you text or a guy that you hunt with, that makes you so much better because homie's always challenging what I'm saying. I'm always challenging what he's saying. And it's making, you know, both of us better hunters. Uh, but I mean, you, you look at the pictures online, you're like, man, this guy's been successful. If you followed me and homie in the woods for a weekend, <laughs> you'd be like, how do these guys kill anything? They're a bunch of just, it's just a shit show. <laughs> Everything we do is right on the edge of completely messed up and getting by. We're like, right. We're tiptoeing that line of these guys are never killing anything or they're killing a giant and we're right there on the, on the line. That's crazy, dude. I love it. I, um, you know, I, I get to talk to some interesting people, you know, through podcasting, but also through some other stuff I'm doing on the business side. And, um, I had a conversation that I was part of with, uh, Spartan Forge, which is a site that exists right now. That's in beta testing where you know, they got millions of, I mean, literally millions of data points on deer from collar, collar trackers on deer. And they've created some data models and AI and all this stuff. There's like really smart software kind of guys. And um, he's like, it's challenged my belief system to see what the data tells me that, you know, I've learned from experience and other hunters that have gotten it done. that The data doesn't lie. And uh, some of these bucks don't even participate in what's called an excursion where they're going to go around looking for a doe in the rut. And they might go out, breed the doe and go right back to a cliffside. And then they don't leave that area again until hunting season is done. And uh, last year at where we hunt, there's it's bluff country in Wisconsin, the western part of the state. And I scaled a fucking cliff like two years ago, I think it was. It was a big mistake. It was dangerous. I honestly shouldn't have done it. I was way out of shape. I was a big giant orange blob wearing too many layers to be like, you know, nimble. But the amount of deer sign I saw on this bluff 
was crazy. I'm like, I can't believe they're like freaking mountain goats. And my concept was I thought I was going to drive some towards my buddies that were, you know, back in on the inline a little bit more on the top of the ridge. And it took me like two hours to scale the stupid thing. I was like dying. It was terrible. So that was a borderline crazy thing. I was like, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. I want to see if there's any deer on this cliff. <laughs> and, you know, if there were, I scared them off long before I ever got to where I saw their sign. But it was interesting. That's for sure. Yeah, that's something we're finding out, too, is you, you, you know, you're, we hunt in farm country, but we're not hunting farm country. We're hunting different kind of terrain, and um, we're figuring out, like, people are like, ah, oh, they won't climb that hill when they can just go this way. Let's do or do whatever they want. They don't care. This stuff is absolutely brutal to walk, um, even with no gear on your back. You know what I mean? It's, and uh, those deer are just running all over it. They, have, they don't care at all. <laughs> and uh, they know exactly how to traverse it, you know. And we got video of a buck. He could have walked, you know, flat. He went up a 50-foot hill. It's five-foot flat and then down a 50-foot hill for no reason. I mean, he could have just walked around, you know, an extra 10-foot and been around it. But they don't, they don't care, especially when they're in that cruising phase. And we've seen that, too, where bucks don't leave, you know. With the buck, the particular buck that we are hunting this year, that we were hunting last year and had the encounter, we believe for 10 days that he was within 60, 70 acres, um, and he never left that area. They don't leave where they can, they and, can and sneak did, through, yep. And we did have an encounter with him. Um, we're limited on the hunting time there. That's the biggest challenge. The season closes early, and uh, that's why instead of – playing it safe and being scared to bump these bucks we're just going to go in and, and if we bump them at least we're learning you know what i mean and uh if one thing i'll always believe no matter what if there's big deer there this year there'll be big deer there le- next year unless yep. the pressure changes yep. so if we bump them this year and we're not successful all that stuff that we learned by getting in there and trying we'll be able to utilize next year and uh you know sometimes killing deer one year seems bad, you know, like I didn't kill the buck we chased forever on, on my personal farm when he was a 170 and then you, you're all mad, you're upset, you put in so much work and the next year you kill him as a 190. You know what I mean? And that's the same thing that happened last year. Homie almost killed a 170 and we got trail cam pictures of this deer and we think he's in the 190s this year. So it seems bad that you didn't kill him, but now you got all this intel. <laughs> it's like, oh man, now's the year. I'm coming for you, buddy. That's great. Yeah. Now you're like, okay, and we're, you know, now we're super fired up. We, he's alive. He's where we thought he was. Um, and, and we're game planning, you know, and that's the one thing that, like I said, that buddy having that game plan, me and homie will spend hours on the phone. Absolute hours. Every time we're driving home from work to the kids, we're talking on the phone. I talk to Greg every day and we're the most. I know yeah. the, I, yeah, I'm like, we're, hey, buddy, what's up? He's like, what? You just talked to me. You know, and, and we just geek out on shit. And then he's sending me trail cam pics and I'm like, Ooh, look at that. And it's nighttime. So it doesn't even actually fucking matter, you know, but it's just, it's fun, man. Right it's now, just a fun thing. The deer's in the area after hard horn. It matters a lot. That's how, that's how we think. When we get a deer hard horn, we're like, all right, we got a chance. We got a chance. About <laughs> <laughs> another week. If I'm starting to, if I'm still seeing some of those bucks hard horn on that cam on those handful of cameras in that one particular area then then I'll, I'll breathe a little bit easier but until then 
far as I'm concerned, this is summer range and they could be bugging out. But there is one in particular that, yeah, I, he was there last year. He was there the year before, hard horned. So I got to believe he's gonna he's gonna be there again. But you never know; things could happen with all the COVID stuff. I have a feeling we're gonna see record license sales, and we might see more people on our public land that we like to hunt. So time will tell. We'll see what happens. Homie, I asked you early on, um, we're bringing the plane in for landing here, but, uh, you know, Cody, we're just going to skip yours, I think, because you're late. But <laughs> uh, You were the dick that I know, I know. In. It was my fault, too. I'm, you should, don't even pay attention to that. You I'm let not. that man tell his story. Yeah, no, no. Well, if you guys both got one, great. Uh, but, you know, Ryan gets a pleasure going first. What's your most memorable hunt, homie? Um, I was in sixth grade. Um, that was the first year that my dad allowed us boys to tag along with him. And it was, uh, just to get the full experience, you know, we've been around the shed with the deer hanging and stuff at night when they get back, but actually go out, get up early in the morning, go out and experience your first hunt. Um, we went out in the morning and my dad had shot out a buck and, um, we, saw a little bit of blood but we didn't end up finding that deer and then um, he ended up shooting a doe in the morning and um, I kind of got to go through that whole experience and I actually found out how much work it is to drag a deer out of the woods and um, and then that evening um, we went up and had lunch at camp and that evening you know everybody's at camp there's you know 18 20 guys there opening day of shotgun here in Illinois and um, everybody's talking about where they're going to hunt and stuff. And my dad's like, Oh, Hey, we're going to go down to this tree. It's called the three sisters. It's just got three trunks that come out of the ground. And that's what they call the three sisters. It's kind of like a landmark. And, um, it's right off this ag field. Maybe, um, there's a buffer strip of timber and then there's a cliff and the cliff's probably 30 foot tall. And then it drops down into a bottom and then there's railroad tracks. And then that's the end of our property. And the deer are kind of funneled by, that cliff and the railroad tracks and uh, so we're just kind of hunting that bottom there and um my dad had literally just stood up and turned around and took a pee and sat back down and hit the rattle bag hit the grunt and uh we're sitting there maybe two minutes more and he hears something jump in the timber from behind us from the field and uh he's on the right side of me and he turns around his right shoulder and just sees this buck standing there just kind of coming in off the timber or off the field. And, uh, he kind of taps my leg real quick. So me being inexperienced, I like lean up to get around him because my dad's like a big dude. And, um, I just see like this deer's main beam and I just see a whole bunch of antlers and this deer is like eight yards from us, has no idea we're there. My dad got the gun laid across his lap, and he just picks it up one-handed and straight John Wayne shoots this deer. And um, then all hell breaks loose, and it was about the smokiest gunshot I've ever seen, too. I don't know if it was just the, the atmosphere at the time or the humidity or what it was, but 
smoke everywhere and this deer runs off and he goes straight down that 30 foot cliff in about two hops and my dad followed him just about as fast and uh then the deer gets behind some some falling down trees and my dad takes one more shot and the deer just drops and um i'm standing at the top of the hill because i'm too scared to go down there because i don't know what the hell is really going on and um my dad's you know really freaking out and he's like hey man this deer is huge it's gonna go on the wall and i'm like oh wow like we don't have any deer on the wall at home and uh, i was like this, this must be giant and um so i go up get the book bag and everything we get down there and um you know my dad's just wired and he says uh when we get back up to the truck i'm gonna tell everybody that i shot a spike buck and um because we had to drag it up this 30 foot cliff and uh we're at the truck and everybody's you know giving my dad a hard time shooting a spike buck down in this bottom and um then now my dad's like no man i shot like an 18 pointer and um so now nobody really knows what we have down besides dad and i and uh it was a really fun time so we went down there and we actually had to get a like toe strap that you would use for like a wrecker and we hooked it to the hitch of a of a like a 1987 gmc and dragged that buck out of the woods and um it was cool to see my dad you know be there with my dad when he shot his biggest buck ever and um i think it scored like 167 and three eighths somewhere in that neighborhood and um you know thankfully for him he's got somebody there to verify his story because uh you know somebody might not believe that we shot that deer off the ground one-handed at eight yards so right after taking a pee so um that's my most memorable hunt that's a good one dude that's pretty cool we're gonna chop that into a beautiful story cody what about you man i i was getting jacked up over here that's, heard that <laughs> i was like in it with you man i was like up. shit oh he's a homie's a great storyteller man i'll tell you that um, I don't, I don't even know how I can compete with that, man. That was so solid. <laughs> it's not uh, a competition. So it's my okay. My most memorable so far is probably the smallest deer that I've shot in seven years. Um, I put, put this ton of this work and this wagon blind that I built. And my kid was out there with me the whole time. Got stung by a thousand wasps, more like seven, <laughs> but it felt like a thousand. But, uh, we were building it, you know, it's hot, and I was trying to talk to him about what we were going to do with it, and it's hard for him to understand. He's four, and, uh, you know, the first hunt, I take him out there, wife comes out, you know, and he's, I got the binos in there, so he's going to every window, he's looking out, you know, he's trying to figure out, he's saying, oh, deer are going to come out of there, Dad, they're going to come out of here, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not seeing anything, and uh, we're in there, and we're having, you know, drawing playoffs with the wife who can draw better my son or my wife you know and i gotta pick the kid every time you know that so um then uh right you know right at dusk a buck comes out and i think it's one deer and it's like our target deer for the property and you know i take a shot he drops the boy gets to see it all you know what i mean and um we go out there we load him up kid gets experienced that but the coolest part man we're in the back i'm in the back of homie's truck homie's right there he always he's always he's always there to celebrate and, and help out you know and it he's just as jacked if he killed it or i killed it or 
whatever. But we're in the back of the truck, and my kid looks at me, and he goes, you know what, Dad? You said if we didn't go home before dark, because he was ready to go, you know, he said it. And I said, we need to wait in case something comes out. He goes, you know, we waited till dark, and a buck came out, and you were right. And I was like, he's four. If I would have learned that from just when I very first started hunting, you know what I mean? Just, hey, you got to set till pitch black. You know what I mean? You got to set till the last shooting light. Because I don't, I don't know about you guys. I started hunting young, and that last 20 minutes of dark, you're thinking, man, I got to make it all the way through the woods with a flashlight. The Sasquatch is out here, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and uh, he understands now, and for him to comprehend that, super cool. Like I said, that was just, that's the smallest buck I've killed in seven years. Um, there's a buck that we wanted to pass, and uh, you know it, it just goes to show you. I told I told homie in the blind. I said I'm not going to get in the moment my kid out there, and I'm not going to shoot a small deer. I'm not going to shoot a small buck. You know what I mean? And I did, and I'm not upset about it at all. You know, uh, I was I called homie super jack. I'm like, yeah, chaos is down. He's down out in the field. And I told him, I said, we're going to go out there and it's going to be this buck. And it was that buck. It was a buck that we (laughs) said it was going to be as a joke. And, uh, but in the end, wife got to be there. Kid got to be there. Uh, you know, homie got to be there. So it's been the coolest hunt I've been on. I've been on some cool ones though, man. And it's hard to pick one, but I'd, I'd say that's most memorable right now. That's cool, man. That's a good story too. And it goes to show that it's not, it's not the size of the inches, right? It's the, it's the memory made a field that's important. That's what you count. Yeah. It always goes back to the work I put in. That's what I want to feel. I want to, I want to work at a buck for a couple of years and then get it done. Or, you know, I put so much work in that wagon blind and I've been talking it up about how I'm going to take them hunting out of it during shotgun season, you know, and the first hunt just for it all to come together. is pretty magical, really. Um, and you know, if I would have, if I'd sat back and wouldn't have shot that buck, we wouldn't have seen anything that night. He, he wouldn't have seen that deer. You know what I mean? If I didn't shoot it, he wouldn't be able to get up close. That deer was, you know, a hundred yards. He wouldn't have been able to get the full experience of what actually like what I actually do out there. If you tell your kids you're going hunting, but they don't really understand what, what you're doing. You know what I mean? So that's a good, um, that's a good first experience would, I for sure. Been up, yeah. I would have been upset if I didn't kill it really. How did you, uh, so we have listeners, you have listeners, there's some kind of overlap there, I'm sure, but get your shameless plugs in guys. Like tell people how they can find you, where to go subscribe on YouTube, on the podcast. Like let's, let's get it in here real quick and make sure people know where to go consume some of your content. Cause it's good. Oh, well, we're on, on every social platform you can damn near be on, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter. We really like Twitter. Um, we get a lot of engagement there. Um, if you're into the scene of TikTok, we're also on there. Um, got some pretty funny content on there. Um, we upload every podcast to YouTube. We also uh, are rolling out some video work. Uh, last two years, I think we put out eight videos of hunts, um, some of specific deer, some of kind of recapping the season. Uh, actually have our public land video from last year coming out tomorrow not or coming out Thursday night um, on YouTube, IGTV, and Facebook. Um, very excited about that. And um, 
then if you want to check out the podcast, um, pretty much everywhere you, where you can listen, um, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, you name it, we're on there. Rock on. And it's all just Whitetail Legacy. You guys own that domain pretty pretty well, huh? Yep, Whitetail Legacy or Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Yeah, and if you guys don't know, their logo is super badass. It's like this gnarly buck, and there's like, you know, the cord from the microphone's all wrapped around with the microphone dangling. It's a pretty sweet logo. Well, cool, guys. Thanks for jumping on tonight. And, uh, you know, Cody, thanks for, for you know, uh, scooting on. Sorry I didn't bring you on sooner because I'm an idiot, but uh, it, it all worked out pretty well. We're happy to have you. Yeah, I appreciate you having us on. Um, like I said, we've been trying to make it happen for a while. I'm glad I had a little break here. It's, it's dark. I'm still at work, but uh, whatever it takes, right? Put the time in now so you can take off in November. So. You're a badass, man. Both of you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. All right, the tip of the week. This week, Anthony Heller with Deer Rain's taking a quick break, so you're stuck with me doing the tip of the week, and uh, I'm usually a little bit more philanthropic with my uh, tips of the week. And so for my tip of the week this week... I really just want to kind of lean into the whole no buck shame thing, uh, take a page from the okayest hunter book, so to speak, uh, and really what they stand for, which is just, I don't know, look, I'm having a ton of fun this season and we're not even there yet. I'm just, I'm really enjoying the podcast. I'm really enjoying like tuning up my gear and learning more. I'm really enjoying some of the trail cam stuff, um, but for me, this year, uh, with all of the melancholy that is COVID and the, you know, stuck inside or the face mask or the six feet apart, all that shit, it's just going to be so good to get outside. And uh, usually the tip of the week is me trying to pontificate, um, you know, a sounding board for me to take my own advice. <laughs> and so the advice I'm trying to give myself and anybody else listening is to stop and smell the roses have no shame in what you're doing. Do what makes you happy and enjoy your time outdoors. Don't get caught up in stuff that others are doing or whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Make sure you find your peace and what makes you happy and use this time for yourself, uh, whether that's unwinding, making mem- memories, filling your freezer, like the thrill to kill, whatever it is that you're out there for, just go blinders all in on that pot commit, like stay, stay hot and heavy on your thing. And, um, you know, if your thing is spending time with other people, like your friends and your family or your kids or whoever, soak it up. That's the tip of the week. Soak up this season. Don't take things for granted. Appreciate what you have. Continue to learn and evolve, but don't take it for granted. a final kind of word some final thoughts a wrap up and uh, more of me just kind of chatting so i wanted to cover some of the things that we're doing uh we have um looking at them right now so i'll start there i have some vinyl decals that are for sale on the website now so that's great we have some hats too that we've uh, spun up so if you want to support the podcast that's a great way to do it head on over to where take a look see what you like and if you want to buy something great we'll get it shipped out to you 
additionally, we do have our giveaway that is right around the corner. If you aren't familiar, we do a quarterly giveaway. So every three months, we're going to do some uh, big prize giveaways to the folks that are subscribed to our Patreon account for five bucks a month. Um, you subscribe and that subscription gets you uh, an entry into our giveaway. I think right now we're sitting at about 12 or something uh, members. So the odds for those folks are good. And uh, the last giveaway we did, we had six winners. So 50% odds of winning. And uh, it was a good go around. So the next one, I will announce some products soon. But for sure, an HHA site, we just got to figure out which one, uh, one of their hats and shirts. And then also an Exodus Trail Cam Lift 2 with a solar panel. And then we have some other things we're working on right now. So the giveaway, uh, the winner will be announced on September 30th, which is the end of Q3. So that'll be the three months from our last giveaway, which was the end of June last time. If you're interested, head on over to our link in our bio for Instagram and uh, click on the giveaways. It'll take you to our page or... You can go to wheretohuntapp.com and click on the giveaways page for more details and that'll link out to our Patreon account where you can subscribe. And uh, when you do subscribe, we'll send you a sticker and a can koozie, the okayest koozie and a sticker that says the Midwest okayest podcast, just as a thanks for jumping in there. Uh, additionally, we're rolling out tactic talks. So uh, those are hot and heavy right now in early season. So if you want to learn something from some folks getting it done uh, with putting big bucks in the dirt, check out a tactic talk. They're only 15 minutes long. And if you have a story for the shot of the week, like we've been sharing, uh, you can submit that. There's a link in our Instagram bio again, uh, click on share your hunting story and you can do that for a shot of the week or a most memorable hunt. So whether it's a shot of the week or a memorable hunt, we'll uh, take either. That being said, I think that's it. If you love the show, if you hate the show, uh, whatever, please leave us a review on iTunes and a rating. That would be great. Have a great day, everybody. I'm public. <laughs>